0: Let's be real. Dealing with tangled cords can make it harder to do your hair. Break free with the new Unbound Cordless Auto Curler from Conair. Get the curls and waves you want anytime, anywhere. It's designed to let you experience the power and freedom of beauty in motion. No cords to hold you back. You get your curls and waves your way. Unplug and be unbound. Loose curls, tight curls, beachy waves. The Unbound Cordless Auto Curler makes it easy to get the looks you love. Love your look. Live Unbound. Available at Conair.com and search Unbound. Hello and welcome to the Don't Call It Soccer podcast from the Football Grad Network. I'm Manu Weff and as always I'm joined by Jack Grimms. And Jack, we have tons and tons of Major League Soccer stuff to discuss because it's been a while, hasn't it?
1: Yeah, it has, even though that's an international break that's been happening across most of the world of football or soccer. MLS says no, we're not stopping for that. We're going to keep playing on, well, at least some of the teams. I keep playing on. There's no common match day really in MLS, but now some teams have played four times already. Some teams just twice, but it's getting into the the thick of the season. We're very excited about that.
0: Yeah, you know, there's a joke in there somewhere because you know I'm a historian. I learned a lot about American exceptionalism. I feel <laughs> like <laughs> I feel like this this is this is this is one of them. Um, yeah. Would you
1: say that that Zlatan Ibrahimovic then is the America of footballers because? He oh. didn't say "Slatten, welcome to Los Angeles." It was Los Angeles, welcome to Slatten. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: I have to say um, that, that that newspaper, that uh, piece of piece of newspaper, and taking out an entire page um, of advertising to just say "LA, you're welcome," and then just the signature in the bottom. Um, it's probably the second biggest thing this week, right? Isn't it? I mean, you had an even bigger announcement on the New York Times. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was I was compelled after Zlatan
1: did that to uh, announce that I was joining Copa90. So very exciting.
0: It is very exciting, and and congrats by the way. I mean, this is the most the second most important thing that maybe happened to North American soccer this week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: definitely in the in this
0: international break. Yeah, this international break. So. Um, Slatan, he's here. Um, we all kind of knew it was going to happen eventually, right? And, uh, I suspected that it would happen the moment Manchester United would get kicked out of the Champions League. I think I actually mentioned that on the Football Grad podcast because, um, oh, our, our man on the Football Grad podcast, Tim Bokhtachev, kept pestering me about it. Um, I knew when we were going to finally see Slatan on BC play. Well, it turns out next year, Jack, because he didn't actually play on the weekend. But he is here. He came the moment Manchester United was kicked out of the Champions League, I guess. For just playing in the Premier League, you don't need that big of a squad. And um, I mean, the one thing that I'm sort of wondering about this whole thing, is this maybe a year too late for him to arrive here? Because pestering knee injury, he didn't really reach that full match fitness in Manchester, right? Um, he's kind of surplus to the squad right now. He was probably in the best shape just before his, AC, his ACL tier. Is this maybe just a little bit too late? We talked about this whole LA restructuring thing too, that they should maybe go away from signing these superstars. How, how do we categorize this signing, Jack?
1: Yeah, I think the Galaxy just can't get away from signing these big very famous names and I mean for, on the one hand LAFC have signed all these young Latino stars that are lighting it up and LFC have been fantastic so far but on the other hand look at all of the views that the Galaxy have been getting on this Latin content you know so it's like mm. uh, I don't know we'll see how it goes it's kind of a different league and like you said maybe he is past his prime after that knee injury but I think he just really wanted to win the Champions League and as you said after there was no chance of that, um the curse of Zlatan lives on. You know, whichever team has him will not win the Champions League. So, it's kind of been confirmed. But maybe he'll have a chance to win the Concacaf Champions League.
0: Yeah, well, well, if you are the LA Times, you believe that LAFC already, LA Galaxy already have won the Champions League. Of course, that was a different competition. Um, <laughs> This is something that stood out to me when I when I read the LA Times. Um, Now, of course, uh, no MLS team has ever won the Concacaf Champions League. We we need to kind of enshrine that here. If you think, if you look back to that other competition, it was a different competition altogether. But yeah, maybe he won the Champions League with um, LA Galaxy. I'm just not, you know, so much that we talked about ahead of the season in our preview. In the last two podcasts, was about how this league is getting younger, right? How clubs are moving away from signing these old guys from thirty-six-year-old year
1: guys that yeah, are,
0: are, you know, this is not
1: retiring. He's not retiring, guys. Don't he's not retiring. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I, I, I personally love slaton I think that. As a personality and as a player I've seen Slaton live many times over in Europe and I think he, he's a fantastic player and I do think he will add something to the league but I'm just wondering if it's setting the right message because you know the last big name signing that we had was Bastian Schweinsteiger but Bastian Schweinsteiger is almost four years younger than slaton right this, this, this a different player. <laughs> I loved
1: his tweet too Basti came out and he said oh Zlatan stop yeah. copying me first time United now oh,
0: the MLS they've both called it the MLS so. the MLS <laughs> <laughs> the memo. well technically they're all signing with the same organization now, are we going to cross that bridge at this, this stage of the podcast are we going to call mls a single club that has different franchises um i guess we don't really want to go there quite yet yeah
1: i don't think it's a secret but you know
0: you know it is it is what it is but um i'm just so on the fence with this deal because Slatan then of course said, Oh, well, I wanted to come to the best team in Major League Soccer. And I thought to myself secretly, so why didn't you join Toronto? Um yeah, a word,
1: Eleni, not to get all this extra Tam,
0: right? Yeah. It's um I it, it the 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 math did someone tell uh Slatan where LA Galaxy finished last season? Uh, should we send him a table? We should do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe we should. Um and Yes, I know it was the international break. Um, yes, a bunch of players were missing. But I, I saw LA Galaxy on on Saturday. And we, we're going to get into that in a few minutes because I don't feel we need to talk a bit more about Slatan. But it's not exactly an inspiring sight at the moment. Do you think that that's putting in that one character into the room, and it, this is a different MLS of the the time when David Beckham played there, you know, David Beckham arrived, of course, and all of a sudden he made three times as much as the entire squad together. It's not quite the same anymore is it but at the same time you're still were taking this massive personality and put him into a room with yes there's other big personalities there like the Dos Santos brothers but you know it's it's still kind of um it still seems to be something that could potentially upset the dressing room
1: Yeah but I think it's also something that maybe the young players are going to say oh, okay now I can learn from mm. one of the greatest of all time but also maybe they'll say Oh, now we better go out and try because otherwise Latin is gonna, you know, kick our butts <laughs> if we if we're not out there playing hard.
0: Yeah, that's that's a good point. But um, he is list for success, doesn't he?
1: Yeah, yeah. And I don't know. It is it is gonna be a different league. It's very it's a very physical league. So it, he maybe can't run around like he used to be able to after the knee injury, but it will be a chance for him to use his his physicality and maybe even his uh his black belt skills.
0: Uh to be honest, I've never seen Zlatan run. Um he doesn't need to. This is this is this is a player. Uh, when did I see him first time live? I want to say about 10 years ago, I think. He was at Inter Milan because that was the year after Juventus were rele- relegated to Serie B for the scandal. And he was at Inter Milan and Inter were playing um, the Audi Cup at the Allianz Arena. And that's the first time I saw him play live. And um, I, I was back then, I was one of those people who said, I've completely switched my mind. I, I love Slatter and I think he's the greatest thing ever. But back then I was thinking, it's like this guy, he doesn't do that much. And he just he trotted around in that field, Jack. <laughs> he was just walking. Um, and then he had these one or two moments of brilliance and you're like, whew, okay. I get it now Um. (laughs) (laughs) that's all it took (laughs) that's all it took so I guess um, I mean this is a guy who's already just walked around the pitch 11 years ago and uh, I don't think that's going to change for him playing in MLS at all
1: no no and and yeah like you said I don't think it's gonna be a hindrance for him I think what could surprise him is just the travel schedule and who did happen to Steven Gerrard when he came over and Honestly, he had no idea how big America was and just, you know, you don't experience that in any other domestic league flying across a nation so vast or two nations so vast, you know. Mm. And coach. Yeah.
0: Remember the, how many charter flights are MLS allowed to have, I think three a season?
1: Yeah, so yeah. four seasons actually. Yeah, he's a big Canada. guy. How
0: is he going to cram into the airline seat? That's probably like yourself. Welcome to United Airlines Flight 369. You space in the cockpit will be thirty-five centimeters. <laughs> maybe, maybe he'll buy an upgrade to the exit row seat. <laughs> yeah, this is the Slatan is as tall as me, Jack. He's a meter ninety-five or six foot five. Um, I usually buy the extra space. I'm pretty sure uh, with the two million dollars he's um, scheduled <laughs> to make, he can afford that. If I can afford it, he better can too. How does that work in MLS anyways? Do they have to then pay the extra tickets? Is that part of the cab space?
1: <laughs> I don't know. I never thought about that before, but these are the, the questions that people need to be asking.
0: Yeah, I, I feel so, because I've seen pictures of Schweinsteiger completely cramped into the back of a plane, like stuck between a like, crying baby and a, and a mother and an old man sleeping. Um, I can just can't wait for those pictures to emerge from um, all these airports all over the united states and canada of uh people asking to get pictures done and, and having to take the picture because no one knows who he is oh um, well, i think i think they might know who he is
1: <laughs> that's that's the best thing ever still with schweinsteiger yeah
0: not, yeah uh, if they only knew right but yeah um i one of the projections i saw um, I think it was you. And you might have to explain yourself here. You said twenty goals and five red cards. Um,
1: no, I, I said twenty goals and two red cards. Oh, two
0: red cards. Okay, I feel like that's a bit more doable projection. Are you gonna stick to that? Yeah, I don't know. I th- I think
1: I have to now that you've you've mentioned it. Someone said they thought twenty goals would be, um, a pretty high projection. And I mean, if he if he could do it at Manchester United, I think he can do it in LA. But. Hmm. That's, that remains to be seen. Maybe well, because we don't even know when he's going to start playing. I don't know. It's not like he was playing a whole lot for United. And as you said, he did, obviously didn't play last week. But I think they're going to try to get him
0: suited up this weekend for the what the LA Clasico. That's that's what I heard, yeah. Um, so in all the games he has played, um, he's played 683 professional games. He's scored 403 goals um so yeah that's that's a very decent decent number so um, if he gets 30 games that should be 20 goals yeah yeah i would say so i i think with 20 goals you you're not too far off it depends of course how bad those red cards are right and how long the suspensions <laughs> will be
1: yeah i just think he's gonna there's gonna be a game where he scores four
0: ah uh, okay Okay, well, um,
1: I think... And then, then he'll probably have been booked earlier and then he'll take off his shirt, you know, and then that'll, that'll be a second yellow. Uh, and then, and, he, and then what's he, he's going to tell the ref, you can't send off the line. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, I feel we'll have a lot of fun with him. Um, he's, his, so his contract is... With, they use T A M right, to bring his contract down, I believe, to 2 million. Um, I assume his real number is a lot higher. Um, there's ways to get your you, your salary up a little bit, right? In MLS, oh, I mean
1: that's that's been the the long running joke is when the Galaxy need a new signing, they make a new rule. So you it didn't officially come out, but yeah,
0: I, I like so there are other ways to do it there is ways to do it there's all sorts of ways to do it I, I this yeah we make that joke about the seattle Sounders all the time you know when they wanted to bring in clint dempsey and they didn't have the cap space so then mls ships made up a new rule and all of a sudden here he was um, it's maybe an argument to be made that maybe we're in a time now where salary cap <laughs> it's so bendable <laughs> why do we even use it right um, there's all these mechanisms and things that you know, one week uh, someone is a DP, the other week he isn't. I mean, Vancouver, we downgraded break Shea this season for some way because they, the Vancouver Whitecaps used TEM to downgrade him from a DP to a normal player and then they brought in a different DP. It, it just seems like... So yeah, and then the young DP and then the lone designated player. Yeah, I feel like they should just get rid of the TAM and the GAM and just say this is the actual money you can spend. Here you go. Um all good. I'm all good for salary cut, but I feel like we're making it a bit too complicated. Uh, Jack, anything else on the slot? I, I mean, we are both pretty. I, I mean, I have my, had my reservations. I wrote an article on Football C where I said, like, this is a league that's getting younger, and yet they're bringing in this old guy. Um, I've, of course, it was a bit tongue in cheek. I do love slot, and I'm excited to see him in this league. I think he's a great addition. I think his his personality will help the league grow. Um, I think um, as a player, he will be exciting to watch. Um, I think the LA Galaxy maybe needed something different, but <laughs> if you can get slot, then you should probably go get him. Um, I think, yeah,
1: he probably just wanted to move to Los Angeles. So, the, you mm. know, it, was, it wasn't as if, oh, um, I don't know. Maybe he said, I'm not coming to MLS if you don't
0: put me in LA. Yeah, I I figure uh, LA held his discovery rights, right? They were totally yeah. the first to ever yeah. scout him back in the Marmo days. Um, <laughs> but I mean this is this is this is uh this is this is good news. I I would say it's good news. I, I, I'm looking forward to that match. And I, I heard the same thing that you had. Uh I think the big announcement will be March thirty first for the the uh, long and historical standing Los Angeles derby. Between Chiefers, I mean LAFC and uh, Los Angeles <laughs> Galaxy, um, March thirty first. So I think a lot of people will be tuning in for that. And um, I'm curious. I, ha- I heard a rumor um, speaking about big signings. This this was my neck of the woods. Seattle Sounders said that they are signing some very big. Um, that's that's all I heard. Um, they said it. Uh, I, I don't really know who it could be, but I have um, a suspicion. Jack, I think it could be Chicharito.
1: Wow, that would be. Yeah, that would be fantastic. Yeah. Because, I mean, with Jordan Morris out, they need some help.
0: They do. And I mean, who else? When you think about someone very big. Um, I don't think LAFC have the space and LA Galaxy don't either, right? So. No, that, not now. <laughs> that, that, no, no, not anymore. Um, so that doesn't leave a lot of teams. Um, on this side, on this this part of the world, I mean, I I'm pretty sure Chicharito would come to the West Coast. Um, it's just something that crossed my mind because I've been thinking about this long and hard. If they're saying they're going to sign someone very big, that doesn't leave a lot of names out there, does it?
1: No, not really. For people,
0: not for players who can move at this point in the season. You think? Yeah. Well, it will be. I guess if they're saying it, you know, they're going to sign someone really big. I I assume it will be, in and around the World Cup. But yeah, it's, it's interesting that they... Which this, there also
1: will only be a limited
0: international break for. Yeah. 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 Shall so we talk about this now, um, the international break and the, the few games that we had. Um,
1: yeah, yeah. And you, uh, you talked to Whitecaps coach Carl Robinson about it as well.
0: Yeah, the international break. Uh, well, well, let's listen real quick what he had to say. I asked him um, what he feels about the international break. And this is what he had to say. What do you make of having to play when players are missing because of the international break? Uh, do you want the real answer, or do yeah, you want, want the <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm not a big fan of it. But I said it. You know, people want to watch the best players in the league and other teams, and you know, unfortunately, the best players are international players. <laughs> so it's it's give and take. So you know, it's it's always a risk. We know that, but you know, when when people work hard for their money, Monday to Friday, they want to see the best players on the field. So. If that gives you an answer or not. So yeah, Jack. Um, pretty honest comments there, eh?
1: Yeah, yeah. You told me before we recorded that you thought it was kind of a refreshing take to hear that from
0: from him. Well, he did ask me, and I do I want the uh, the honest answer, and I said yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> the entire room started uh, started laughing. But he has a point there. He, he says, um, he, he of course he says. People are there to pay money, right? And MLS is a growing league, and the, the bigger it's getting, the more the more bigger players come to the league. Um, I th- one of the teams, I can't remember, I think it was LAFC. They signed a Portuguese national team player, 19-year-old national team player, yesterday, right? In Horta, and so these signings are becoming more and more common. And as a result, there will be more and more players going to friendly games, to international games, right? Vancouver had Kendall Boston, who was, a, who was a big part of the Costa Rica team. Um, LAFC was without Jonathan, Jonathan dos Santos, Giovanni dos Santos, and um, Ola Camara for this for these games. You know, The World Cup, or the entire Mexican contingent, will be gone. It could be three or four players um, across MLS, right? Um, we talked about potentially David Villa being gone um, for Spain. There, there is actually a possibility that could happen. Um, Vancouver will be without their captain and they will be out without Hardy Reiner, who could be playing for Peru. That's a lot of players that are going to be gone. And I mean, maybe 10, 15 years ago, that wasn't an issue because MLS wasn't good enough to have players on the international stage like that. But now MLS is a growing and getting bigger league, yet the league feels it can just play during these games. And that is a bit of a concern because, I mean, I... I can briefly talk about this LA Galaxy versus Vancouver game but really all I have to tell you was the most boring thing I've seen. I want those 90 minutes back because the game was poor. <laughs> right? It was it was horrible because LA Galaxy, they all their star players were missing so they basically just barricaded themselves in their own box. And Vancouver didn't have the creative element to break that down. So it was it was a horrible game and no one wants that because there's 27,000 people in the stadium that paid good money to watch this and you know, halfway through the game, they start um, making fun of themselves and get drunk of beer. I guess the beer vendors are happy, but um, <laughs> it's not great, is it, Jack? No, no. And
1: especially another thing I was going to add is, you know, this CONCACAF Nations League that's going to mm. come up. MLS is a very CONCACAF-heavy league, and these games are going to be, um, I guess, more meaningful for the country. So you're not going to say, oh, well, maybe we won't call someone up that, you know, their that their club wouldn't have wanted. Us to call up because we need these games
0: and we need these results. Mm. Well, Vancouver did that with the Canadian players. They said basically, they said to um, Hetman, the Canadian national team coach, Well, good luck, but you're not getting Davis, you're not getting De Jong because we have a league game, right? And this, yeah. is, this is more yeah. friendly. But uh, I mean, Carl Robinson was quite clear about how the, the way he feels about it. And I, I, I'm 100% with him. It, it, it's It's dumb. <laughs> You know, you want to be a growing league, you're putting yourself on that that level at the big European leagues and, you know, attendance wise, you're getting close. If you really want to be one of those leagues, act like them.
1: But at the same time, it's a chance when all the leagues are on a break and you say, oh, there's no club soccer today. Well, there actually is because there's MLS. So maybe they're thinking those people are going to watch MLS if they perhaps were not before.
0: Yeah, but it's a different time zone many times, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, but if, you're, if you were saying you wake up Saturday morning, you are know, like, oh, I need my soccer fix, and you, you can't watch your European leagues, you say, well, okay, maybe I'll turn into MLS.
0: On a personal level, I sometimes enjoy the international break because, you know, you have, you have your one or two or three games that you really focus on, or sometimes there's none, and then you just take the weekend off, and it's like, yeah, a weekend without football. It's not a bad thing. I mean,
1: yeah, it's it's okay to have a personal life.
0: <laughs> I mean, I would have enjoyed to have the Saturday off um, on, a, on a personal level. And I, I think a lot yeah. of players feel like that, too. It is actually, you know, because um, the saturation of the market is not necessarily a good thing. Because if you have too much football all the time, um, you need those breaks so that people have something to look forward to. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, it's true. And if you if you then throw in these MLS games, and let's be honest, it's not a good product. You, you're not exactly trying to fill in this void with this like spectacular thing. I mean, on Friday I saw Germany versus Spain, right? And then on yeah, the, that was a
1: fantastic friendly. It was,
0: exactly, it was a fantastic friendly between two countries that could potentially win the World Cup. And then you go to BC Place and you just seen that on Friday, right? And a lot of people have in North America as well. Um, At least in the United States, where it was actually on television. It wasn't on television here in Canada, but I'm sure a lot of people saw it anyways. (laughs) Um, Then you go and see that, and you go to BC Place, and you're like, oh, you know, is that really what I'm watching the same thing? (laughs) Uh, yeah, same, is this the same, same game? game? Is like, is this the same sport? Even you know, uh, yeah. so you know, you know what I mean. It's, it's it's really good to throw in a a bad product just because there is nothing else on display. Then wouldn't it be better to just say, okay, well, let's try to put on the best the best product because you're already in a different time zone than the Europeans. <laughs>
2: One gift that never gets returned? Trick question. It's three gifts, beer, wine, and spirits. And with Drizzly, you can send the gift of drinks right to your loved one's doors. Drizzly lets you compare prices from local liquor stores on a huge selection of beer, wine, and holiday spirits. Then get them delivered right to that lucky someone's door in under 60 minutes. And right now, Drizzly is giving customers $5 off their first order. Just enter promo code JINGLE at checkout. Download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D R I Z L Y.com. It wouldn't be the holiday season if there wasn't candy, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, especially on the West Coast. So, yeah, it's, I see what you're saying. I think there, yeah, it's definitely a discussion that, and, and like you're saying, it's good that the quality of the league is going up so that this discussion has to take place because, as you said, maybe 10 years ago, it's not even something that would be considered.
0: Mm. And I mean, it's going to get better. We, we highlighted all the yeah, South Americans yeah. that are coming into the league. Sooner or later, they're all going to play. I mean, we have we, the US is playing um, Paraguay tomorrow night, right, in um, North Carolina, in Kerry, I believe. Yeah, yeah. And um, one of the star players on the on the Paraguayan team, you know, this is a country that regularly competes in the big tournaments, yes, not this year, but usually does, is Miguel, Miguel Almiron, you know, who is potentially one of the biggest stars in this league. And, um, you know, do you really want to, you know, compete with your U.S. star players, with, with the club teams? It's just, I don't know. It's... But yeah, I yeah, guess...
1: I mean, it really, I think we're just upset because it decimated our fantasy teams. I think you said <laughs> you only had three players in action, I only had four. Um, guys, It's you can still join our football grad fantasy league on uh, fantasy.mlssoccer.com um, if you want to. So come mm-hmm. and join the party of beating up on Manu and myself. or yeah. bringing up the bottom
0: of the table. <laughs> These days it's very easy, it seems. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: I think the, the leaders in our league have... On for a common strategy, and that's make Bradley Wright Phillips your captain. But we're going to talk about the Red Bulls later. I think um, we have mm. some VAR to discuss before we get to our power rankings.
0: Oh, yes, um, the VAR, um, Jack. How am I going to explain this? I've been drumming up the pro well, VAR. You, you wrote camp. an
1: article about it, so I think that that's maybe a good place to start. Okay, um, yeah, I did. I saw in Pro or USA.com. Um, He wrote about how Major League Soccer rescinds the Kendall-Waston red card. And it's interesting because VAR gave the red card and then a video review of the referee panel decided to rescind it. Obviously, it was too late and impossible to rescind the 4-1 beatdown that Atlanta United put on the Vancouver Whitecaps. Because um, when your captain and your best defender sign off after eight minutes, it's going to really probably impact the result against a team like Atlanta United.
0: Yeah, it does. And the thing is, too, um, you say VR gave wasn't the red card. It was Elfart. After spending four and a half minutes, four minutes and 35 seconds, to be precise, looking at replays um, on the side of the pitch, when there were clearly was not a single replay that showed that there was... I mean, we've we seen it on Twitter. There's so many replays that you've seen on Twitter. There were so many replays we saw during the game. The guys collide, right? There was no way... That was um, that there was foul play in this. In this, this is, this is I, What did I say afterwards? If this is a red card, we would have five red cards every game, right? Every time two people collide in the in the penalty box. I mean, I mean, this is a running play. Two players are running into the box. I don't. I don't even think it was a penalty,
1: to be honest. Yeah, that's why. That's why I think Zlatan might see some red this season. But um, yeah, yeah. I don't know. It, it clearly wasn't intentional. There was contact but it's jostling that happens during a set
0: piece. And it's four, he took four and a half minutes. It's supposed to be a clear-cut decision. VR is only supposed to be used for clear-cut decisions. If he can't yeah, see it right away, then it, he needs to move on.
1: Yeah, if you can't tell within 30 seconds, it's clearly you can't overturn it because, yeah. or, you know, you can't decide that much out of it.
0: Yeah, and I think, and Alfred, of course, has a history with Boston, right? The referee, um, and with the white caps, there was there was a similar incident last season. So um, it does not put a good light on Ver. Uh, it does not put a very good light on the league and him as a referee. And by the way, this guy. If we want to take a deep breath, he's a FIFA referee, which means, and the World Cup is going to have uh, VAR. We're talking about players not going to be there. Alfred might not be there either because he might be refereeing games at the World Cup. Scary thought, right, Jack?
1: Yeah, you know that's why they say we need video review so that the biggest games don't have something go wrong. But everything I've been seeing with video review makes me think that something will go horribly
0: wrong on the on the grandest mm-hmm. stage of all. Which is too bad because I actually do like the technology. I mean, um, big hockey fan and and hockey. I, I think it works really well, and I I like I like the idea of it, and I like um, I like the fact that you know big decisions like this one should actually go the right way. But then you give it to people um, like Alfred, who obviously don't know what they're doing, or any or many of the referees in this league. And Major League Soccer has a huge refereeing problem, in my opinion. And they just, they just seem so out of depth sometimes with the technology. And I actually said many times that I thought Major League Soccer is doing a better job than the Bundesliga did. Um, we're also using the technology this season. Um, but this this really made me swallow my own words, Jack, because I, I was looking at it and looking at it. And I just couldn't see what, what he actually called. And I was at the Confederations Cup last summer when they brought in VR to test it. And there was a lot of referees that had no time to use the technology beforehand. You know, guys that came from some of the smaller leagues, um, from from South America and Africa and Eastern European countries, um, or Northern European countries where the, where the pace is a bit slower, where the where the, the level of football is a bit lower, um, and where they did not even have a test phase for VAR. And these these guys all bottled it. Every single one of them, they all bottled it. Yeah,
1: exactly. It. It's it's not their fault either. You just need no, to train to use it. Yeah, you know. And it's, because- it just takes time. It's a new technology. And like you said, I'm personally, I'm a big fan of goal line technology yeah. and and not VAR at this point anyway. But, but you know, when it's an offside decision and maybe you tell the linesman, OK, keep the flag down and yeah. then we can review it after. I think that's good. But just mm. for having it available for potentially yeah. five minute delays really changes
0: the game. And the thing is, too, at the World Cup, you will have lots and lots of for the referees, just like at the Conference Cup that never had dealt with this technology before. Right. Exactly. But as exactly. you said, it's not they, these guys' is false. It's just that they come from competitions where they haven't dealt it. I mean, it's, um, the, the Bundesliga, Serie A, I uh, I think the Eredivisie, MLS, and I think that's it, isn't it? I can't think of any of the... Oh, yeah, the FA the FA Cup, I believe, right? I yeah, it, yeah, which uh, <laughs> they had problems had as well. It's just because they, 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 they just started, so... I it's mean, just
1: something that's brand new. It just takes yeah. time to integrate, and you can't just chuck it in for the World Cup. 2022, no. I mean, okay, it'll probably be great by then, but, you know...
0: Yeah, growing pain. But, yeah, this is makes it really hard, because I am pro-VR. I think there needs to be very strict rules on how it's used. 30 seconds, if you can't see it after 30 seconds... Guess what? Tough luck. Make you make a call. Make make the call that you saw on the field, right? Yeah. Um, I think you're right. It should be used um, offside. Don't don't wave it off. Let the play continue. Um, a lot of referees have done that well, and um, yeah, really restrict the the usage. And I, I love goal line technology too. I think that's a great. It's because it's instant,
1: you know. Yeah. Absolutely. and it's a uh, it's there's no gray area it's yes no it's yeah. not mm, maybe he had the intent to elbow someone in the face maybe you know you can't tell what was going on in someone's brain you can tell if the ball crossed the line
0: yeah yeah exactly it's like i guess that's really the limitation you need to bring in you need to have yes no no calls offside yes no red card yes no um but you know it's it, not in something like this if you if he can't see it if there's no clear video um sorry can't be reviewed move on um yeah this is what they didn't not it's, know it's, a, it's humans
1: playing a game it's not robots you yeah. know it shouldn't always be necessarily correct maybe but yeah
0: yeah I, no i would go along with that but yes the wrong decision was made um despite we uh and yes uh, mr Alfred is coming to the world cup so um, I'll be at the World Cup. I think you might be at the World Cup too. So maybe we'll we'll cross lines with him there. We can um, give him more peace on what we think of his decision.
1: <laughs> yeah, maybe he'll get it and get the decisions right. Hopefully.
0: Yeah, maybe we'll give him an extra lesson on how to use video technology. Um, yeah, it's 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 crazy. Um, but well, it happened. Uh, Carl Robinson was pretty funny about it. He said, "Oh, I think I get to play that game again." And then you just started laughing. So he. <laughs> Took it with a bit of humor because I think the Whitecaps were massively cheated in this game. Um, of course, Atlanta are a fantastic team, but when you lose your best man, uh, your key defender, uh, eight minutes into a game and you already go down because the penalty was thrown in on top, uh, it's a tough mountain to climb. Pulling away from home against a huge crowd. Yeah. you know. <laughs> It's it's difficult. You just don't have a fighting chance, and it 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 did took until about the 60th minute until the floodgates opened, so you know there was there was a bit of fight in there. But yeah, I basically just uh, watched the game because I I had to for work. Uh, if I had been a fan, I had turned it off after the red card and the penalty. <laughs> to be quite frank, um, but yeah, let's let's move on, shall we? Um, power rankings. Um, oh, actually, you wanted to mention Dempsey's red card as well, didn't you?
1: Oh yeah, yeah, because that was. Um... It was looked at by, uh, I think, at the same panel, but it was decided that Clint Dempsey is going to, um, or the ban is going to be enforced, I think, the three-match ban for
0: what? For throwing an elbow. So um, that is a good via. Um, That's good. No, we have a bad example and a good example.
1: Yeah, yeah, and it's like, okay, the g- it's good when the good can get it right, but the bad just vastly, I think, always the... Mm-hmm. The good there because you can always you can always rescind it after the after the fact or give a player a ban after the fact, i guess
0: yeah, yeah, I guess so. I mean that's true, you can't really make a play, you can't really play a game again um so yeah it's it's tricky um yeah. i I think we've rounded it up with the v r <laughs> um, he it's here to stay anyways. Um, but it needs to be improved and it will probably be a disaster at the World Cup. I think that's <laughs> that's it at a nutshell. Um it's just,
1: we're, we're just getting this out there so we can say,
0: oh yeah, we knew that was gonna happen. Listen back to don't call it soccer episode seven, we call it there. <laughs> 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 um yeah, let's get let's go to the power rankings. Um and that's that's kinda your baby, so I I'll let you start with that one.
1: Yeah, I think I think at the top uh I'm going to put New York City FC because although they drew against the New England Revolution this weekend, they came back twice down from 0-1 and 1-2 and without David Villa even. So now they're undefeated on the season. Three wins, one draw, 10 points atop the East um, with a nice plus five goal difference, which I guess the same as the Columbus crew. But um, yeah, they're they're just below. But yeah, um, we saw Ismail Tajuri bag of brace he was my uh second place player of the week vote i know um this week and you know I've, new england's not on on the power rankings obviously but i think they showed they showed some positive signs in this game and compared to where i had them at the beginning of the season um it was it was a pretty positive movement i think for them
0: what do you make of is, there's lots of talk about patrick Vieira. And his rise in coaching and the fact that his involvement in coaching um, I think Ruthven wrote an article on him that recently maybe came out today actually it's so a time of recording on monday and the, the the fact that he you can call him at 4 am in the morning and he can tell you something intelligent about about football um what do you make of him as a coach uh, he looks like the next big coach coach former player turned big coach personality um do you think he could become the first guy or the first big international coach that cut his teeth in major league soccer do you think that 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 is a trajectory he could take
1: yeah yeah I really think so and you know we're talking about players that are bringing a rise to MLS and I think Patrick Vieira is really carrying the flag for for coaches and for the league from that standpoint in general i think it's great to see someone come in and you know he he's so positive like you said with those players you could call him at four in the morning and he'll tell you about the game but he, he'll also probably just give you good life advice as well
0: yeah because he's seen it all right a great player and great career and so you know he has that experience and is I, I, he, th- I
1: guess is, is he the zinedine Zidane of major league soccer maybe
0: that's what I was going to ask. Yeah, is he? Um, does he have that potential? I mean, we know Pep Guardiola's lifespan as a coach at any club is about three to four years, right? He's in his second year at Manchester City. He will tell you stories about how he will stay at Manchester City forever. We all know that's not going to happen because that's just the way he is like, right? Is he the next guy? Is Because, you know, are they grooming him to be that next guy? It's possible right if he wins a title or two in new york um it would make sense that you have your next coach grown in house
1: um. yeah i mean just knowing already everyone in the city football group system knowing how the you know working the loans i guess with new york city and girona and mm-hmm. uh you know i think that's i never I've never crossed my mind before but that's a really good point and i mean it's crazy to think City it could be winning the Champions League this year, definitely winning the Premier League this year. Um, it, and like we said earlier, 10 years ago is something you could not have envisioned that in, a coach from Major League Soccer would go to even just a, a bottom feeding Premier League club, much less a,
0: a top one. Mm-hmm. And it makes sense because that's how C- City, much like Red Bull, right, with, with the RB Leipzig team on the very top, City have done something very similar with this, this pyramid and it's supposed to be developed from the bottom up that you that you grow players within the system and they're all playing a similar system tactically as schooled very much. It's the same for the coaches. Um, I mean the the Girona story is, is phenomenal. The the coaching story and the player story is there. And you see something similar with this so it, it it's just something that's crossed my mind. And you know when when you look at his personality, that's maybe the next step for him. Um to move up in the world and you know I just I just know Pep Guardiola doesn't stay at clubs forever he just doesn't that's just how he is right
1: yeah I think if he if if he stayed at City for six years it's a marathon for him
0: yeah yeah he burns out I think that's just really what it is um you got Columbus next there, or actually we got Columbus there it's that's a bit of a great but sad story isn't it
1: yeah yeah and we were talking about it before the show i'm not sure what the attendance figure was at what mapfre stadium in columbus on saturday to see a really a four goal first half as the crew put three past dc united who uh Assad scored one but really the, the crazy thing i saw from this game was the combination for the first goal that was scored by milton valenzuela and assists were credited to christian martinez and Arter. And those three guys have a combined age of sixty-two. Valenzuela's nineteen, Martinez twenty-one, Arthur twenty-two. And the second goal that was scored by Ricardo Clark, assisted by Federico Higuain, those two guys have a combined age of sixty-eight. So that it shows you kind of the the disparity in the kind of the two camps like we were talking about earlier, the the old guard and then these new up and coming young Latino stars. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's kind of a crazy stat. I, I saw it on Twitter. I'm not trying to steal it. I'm sorry. I genuinely forgot who it was. If you're listening and it was your stat, then you can tweet me and I'll, I'll retweet it from you. But, you know. Um, and Federico Wigwin had two assists. Uh, the crew are really clicking and level atop the east with New York City. That's why I put them at number two.
0: The attendance was 8,443 for that game, Jack. Um, down yeah, from what, 50. 50. Forty percent capacity. Yeah, it was fifteen thousand the first, and uh, nineteen thousand the first match. Um, and nine thousand is the average. Yeah, not good signs. And there's more and more indication that Austin is the designation. Um, safety crew is. Yeah, it's not going super well, is it? Um, I, I'm curious to see um, what will happen. Um, we have a rider, of course, in in Columbus. Maybe one day we'll we'll get him on and uh talk to us about a bit of give us a bit of an update um of what's happening what the what the hopes and the fears are for for those guys because although they are doing well um, unfortunately um, it looks like they're moving on
1: yeah it's unfortunate that it just the product on the field has nothing to do with it at all apparently you know it's Mm. and just because columbus is maybe not a glamorous city or something then they're gonna lose their team the original team of major league soccer
0: yeah so um the last thing is anthony Precourt was in austin he was at the stadium side and um he got the full support of the austin city council um yeah yeah of course no well, of course yeah i mean that's just how it is uh it's 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 tough. I, I personally think if Austin wants a team, they should apply for one. Uh, or you know, get on the money. They, be able, train. they
1: maybe should be able to play their way into one.
0: Yeah, or they should be, exactly we, we can't keep having. Yeah. <laughs> Listen back to episode six, we explain it all there.
1: <laughs> um,
0: you got New York Red Bulls next and Oh,
1: no, that's just in my notes. I I put LAFC as third in the power rankings. They did not play this week. Um, They're going to have to defend that ranking against Slatten and his new Galaxy teammates um, this Saturday. Next, after LAFC, I had Atlanta United, Mm -hmm. and they did not play this weekend. But after that opening day drubbing at the hands of the Houston Dynamo, they have two straight wins. That's why I, I put them at number four. And Vancouver... Second in the West, I just had had to put them slightly below Atlanta because of that result, even if it was impacted by a rescinded red card. Um, yeah, and then and then I had the Red Bulls at six. I was just going to stop the the power rankings at six because it's really hard to tell. But we can go back to that point that you were reading about the the Red Bulls. Another win for them. They've mm-hmm. only conceded one goal this season, so it's it's been a really strong defense. And Bradley Wright Phillips at it again, as as we mentioned in our our little fantasy section. He was my player of the week that's who got my player of the week vote um, mm-hmm. yeah after he backed a brace
0: and, and of course CONCACAF right they were they're fantastic in CONCACAF semi-final in CONCACAF against who I believe is, is a doable team in Chivas um, because Chivas horrible yeah, season there's a lot of stuff going on there's a lot of stuff going on in Chivas yeah um, lots of bad things not they're not having a great season um, Mexico is, of course, convinced that there, there will be a Clásico in the final between Chivas and América. I'm not so sure. Um really not. But yeah, that's that's another positive for for New York Red Bulls. They that they could they could reach a Concacaf Champions League final this season.
1: Yeah, though w- I mean, that though w- for any MLS team to do so, and the Red Bulls after you know after getting through. Mm -hmm. and now having the chance to play Chivas uh, it's not going to be easy but just conceding one goal so far just in that one no loss to Rail Salt Lake um, one goal conceded in three games that's pretty good form and you know defensive form I think is more sustainable than just looking at goal scoring but
0: Mm -hmm. and so you got you got Atlanta next um, in your power ranking right behind behind. no no I have them before you got them at four. And then number five was Vancouver. Um, yeah,
1: and then six, the Red
0: Bulls. The Red Bulls. So, yeah. When Vancouver uh, have to maybe add this, and we should have maybe added that earlier. They're now 11 games in a row unbeaten at home, which is not only an MLS record for them, but it's actually a record um, throughout their entire existence, dating all the way back to the old North American Soccer League days. Um, so, that's pretty significant.
1: The old, old North American,
0: old, soccer days, old North Last, year you could days. almost say, were the old North American Soccer League. Days. No, no, the, the old one, the original, the one that they actually won back in 1979. Um, so dating all the way back, because the Vancouver White Cups are one of those teams that trace their history back to the very foundation of the team, right? They're not, they're not saying, oh MLS, this is when we were founded. They're like, no, 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 no. We're yeah. going all the way back because the, and it's fair. The organization has existed throughout that time in various forms, um, except for, I think, a couple of years where they were known as the Vancouver 86s um, in, in, order, in order to honor the expo. They always were called the Ycaps. So, you know, and so they're dating their, their time back all to, ni- to 1974, which is the, the year they're officially of foundation. The Sounders do something very similar. And I believe the Timbers do as well. Um, it seems to be a Cascadia thing that, you know, you you trace your history back to um, the old NASL, which, of course, uh, Major League Soccer did not like very much when, 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 they, first, when they first came in. And um, all these three teams were sort of slightly told, oh, why don't you come up with a new name? And then they all decided to go with their original names and keep the history, which is, of course, something very Cascadia, I feel, uh, very hipster.
1: Um, yeah yeah definitely i and, like it
0: though yeah i like it too and and you know they still have the old uh, vancouver whitecaps uh song from the 70s when they when they before every game when everyone sings along um i'm not going to sing along people will tune off the podcast but um yeah it's i think it's great it's a great piece of history and i mean this is this is now you know 40 years i'm um, going on 50 years of history which is the north american standards for soccer is old it's ancient, you know, that's that's a long time. So I, I think it's great.
1: Yeah, and on that, that note about Cascadian teams, unlike Vancouver, Seattle and Portland, they were kind of atop our power rankings the last time we kind of officially did them. I think that was at the beginning of the season, but Seattle and Portland have combined for one point in five games with f- four losses, and Portland just picked up the point this weekend against FC Dallas. But those those two teams have scored a total of two goals and allowed 11. So I think... I know I just adjusted the power rankings to only six teams, but I think it's time to, to move Portland down a little bit. And mm. maybe we should have seen these growing pains... Um, c- should have predicted these growing pains under new head coach Giovanni Severici.
0: Yeah, that's, that's interesting. Both the Cascadia teams. Uh, I mean, Seattle... Um... I'll leave them aside for a moment because I want to throw them into the same uh, hat with Toronto. But Portland does surprise me because Portland's always been such a powerhouse. And, you know, Vancouver, Portland, and Seattle were the top three in the West um, last season, right? And um, Vancouver has actually started very well, with the exception, of course, of that Atlanta game, which I want to put an asterisk on. Because I feel like maybe they might have still lost that game, but not as decisively. Um, the two wins and then the draw against LA Galaxy, where, where Vancouver was the better team throughout the ninety minutes. Um, yes, granted, LA was maybe missing more key players, but it's it's interesting that Portland have been have been so poor, and um, I'm curious to see if they. This is going to be an off year for them, because sometimes these teams do do that, um, that there's all of a sudden an off year. Or if they just do a Seattle, like Seattle a couple of years ago in 2016, when they won the MLS Cup, they had a really poor start to the season and then really kick started and reached the playoffs and won the entire thing. So it'd be interesting to see um, whether if this is um, it's just growing pains, as you call them, or if this is something more endemic.
1: Yeah, and it is, as you mentioned, a league where you can get hot in the summer and ride that form to a playoff position and even all the way to the MLS Cup final. So mm-hmm. um, it is interesting to see. I know Portland captain Liam Ridgewell was dropped and even make the bench. So, you know, that's it's interesting to, to see what's going on. And, you know, like, like we're saying as well um, about Toronto FC, so far has been, quote-unquote, a pointless season for them. They haven't picked up any points yet. But they're doing well in the ComCap Champions League, going through on away goals against T Grace mm. and they're actually in action this Friday night against Real Salt Lake, so chance chance to get some points.
0: Yeah, and much needed points. And this is where I wanted to throw an in with Seattle because I wonder if this is a hangover. Um, but on the other hand, the break is so long from the MLS Cup final to the first day of the season. Is it with Toronto? You almost wonder if they're just really focusing on that of Champions League and that's yeah i
1: think so and it's because they know that they can the the mls is you know they want to win the supporter shield they want to win a a quadruple Mm. whatever but you know they i think the time is now for the champions league and they can come back and win some games in the summer and you know you can get in the playoffs as a four seed
0: exactly and the 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 way they're playing they will just destroy anyone in the playoffs anyways right (laughs) yeah it's just the way they set up yeah, it's an interesting point. I think I think Toronto's season will start after the the CONCACAF Champions League final, or if they are kicked out uh, in the semi final by club america um a massive oh, No, that's, game. that's
1: what they say right conquer yeah. champions league is pre-season so that's when their season will start
0: yeah <laughs> it's not for canadian teams though jack yeah. um it, it really is a very different mindset up here when it comes to it i i think it's starting to change a little bit in the u.s too this is this is something that we noticed and chatted about it in the golazo podcast because um this season there was a lot of hype about the Concacaf champions league despite the fact that last season we were the, the MLS was in exactly the same position. You know, there was a there was two teams in the semifinals that ended up getting kicked out. But the hype was very different. Um, it's just very different this season. Um, yes, MLS teams actually kicked out two Liga MX teams on the way to the semifinals. I guess that's different. But, um, you know, the situation and the, the, the position that the two leagues are in is very much the same. And if the two MLS teams go out now, all that hype is for nothing, right? Um, so Yeah. Um, MLS has been in this situation before MLS has actually been in the situation where they had the team in the final in the Montreal Impact um, you know much overthought something that's really much overthought but it's it, it has happened it's just that this year all of a sudden this this CONCACAF competition is something that people get excited about which is great I, I love the CONCACAF Champions League I think it's a competition that's it's fantastic um, I'm not so sure if we need that Copa Campiones that they're bringing in um, which is Someone, I think it was. Mm. It's like a super cup, you know. Yeah, it's a super cup, but isn't that what the CONCACAF Champions League is supposed to be? Right? No,
1: it's it's it gets you into the Club World Cup, you know.
0: Ah, uh, I see what you mean. Okay, that's fair. I, I don't I'm, know. I'm excited about the maybe the All Star Game. I think that'd be fun, fun, fun to watch. Yeah, what?
1: X. So that's gonna be. But the MLS All Star Game was it was
0: announced right? So it's gonna be in Elena. against Juventus. Yeah, against Juventus. So. And then, then on top of that I guess at some point they will do a Liga MX MLS All-Star game as well.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's I mean that's always that's fun just yeah. it's an exhibition but it's still fun.
0: Definitely. Uh, I'll watch it just Put it straight in my way, and so I'll, I'll watch anything. Oh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. A team that that just missed out
1: on the the power rankings, kind of, I guess, would be Sporting KC. They're sitting mm-hmm. atop the West with seven points, but I think they've they've already allowed nine goals, which I think is a third of the total that they allowed last year. I think that was they only allowed twenty seven last year. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, there's still a lot uh, changing in the west i think like we mentioned before the season the west is going to be very tight
0: mm-hmm. yeah and yeah it's the, the west is weird jack because it, the teams have to travel so much right and it's a very even even league there's not that single team that will just walk away with it although slot them might disagree with you um <laughs> or with me but uh I think that's really the big difference between the east and the west that there is you know the, the east has a couple of teams that everyone will beat up on and even the poor teams in the west can be competitive right and that's that's just so so different um they they all the, the big the very big teams seem to be in the east but the more balanced seems to be in the west so you you get really weird results or you get teams that have an even you know plus plus minus one goal differential sitting at the very top of the table because you know they win their games by one goal difference um, all the time because it's so the margins are so small. So the Western Conference is a little bit odd that way.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And KC the other day they they went to Colorado and gave up two goals in the first eight minutes, but were able to come back and, and salvage a point there. So um, yeah, it's looking looking interesting. And the the other note I guess I had to just want to use it before we end the show was minnesota minnesota united already two wins from four matches they've played three games on the road so far so congratulations to them it took them seven games last year to get to two wins so they're making some progress yeah no, that's... i think this is a team that a lot of people were ignoring and they were saying oh it was an expansion team and they didn't try you know so we'll see
0: well they were hoping i guess that they could get away with their was it nasl team that they had or did they come from the USL? Yeah, yeah, NASL. So. NASL, right? Yeah, the Loons. Um, they were hoping, I guess uh, they were sort of hoping that their NASL team was good enough to play in this league. And turns out it wasn't. So um, I guess they made the right made changes. Although I, I feel right now with all the standings and everything that we see... Uh, I want to put an asterisk on that because of that international break and some teams have played two games, some teams have played four. It's all very, very lopsided at the moment. Uh, so I guess next time we come on the show um, in a week or two, we'll, we'll see some more games played and maybe some the league maybe a bit more evened out. Um, but it's shaping up really nicely, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, yeah, I think so.
0: We have some Latin to talk about. We definitely will have some slattern to talk about. Um, I think
1: that's that's what we should have renamed it. We call it Slattern Podcast.
0: <laughs> but
1: no, obviously back then. So uh,
0: we can call this episode. We call it Slattern. How about that? Yeah, yeah. Let's do that. Okay, excellent. But, you know that saves me about ten minutes of struggling to come up with a title. <laughs> oh, yeah. Jack.
1: Hopefully uh, everyone could realize that by the first ten minutes of the episode. But yeah, thanks everyone for listening. We hope you enjoyed it as, as much as we did. We were having a laugh the whole time.
0: Yeah, we did. It, it's it's it was a great podcast. Uh, really enjoyed it, Jack. Um, before we leave, maybe um, direct people to where they can find you.
1: Yeah, yeah you can find me on Twitter or Facebook, uh, Jack Grimsey, J A C K G R I M S E. So do that, and let's talk MLS and. I'll um, put out another tweet for our fantasy league. You should come join us there because
0: it's fun. Yeah, and I'll I'll make sure to tweet that out on our uh, Football Grad Network account. That's at Football Grad Live. Um, football with f-u-t-b-o-l-g-r-a-d Live L I I V E Football Grad Live. Um, and then of course you can follow me at Manuel V. I will also make sure the fantasy team is tweeted out there. Um, make sure some people join beat us up because we're doing very badly um but that's because of the international break i blame it on that just like carl robinson did <laughs> and um yeah that's basically it i uh, you know you can find all our stuff um all our podcasts we do uh go lots of podcasts on mexican football we do uh, football Grad podcast on football and politics in the former Soviet Union. And we do the Gegencresting Bundesliga podcast. And they can all be found on ACAST as on, uh, Football Grad Network. We are also on iTunes, uh, Football Grad Network as well. And then, of course, on our three pages, footballgrad.com, com, and futbalsidage. So, yeah, please find us there. Leave us some feedback. If you have any feedback, if you have any questions, either on Twitter, but also you can email us con- at contact at footballgrad.com. Well that's it Jack. We're done. Yeah. Thanks
1: everyone it. for listening. We'll see you next time.
0: Yeah, thank you very much and cheers and bye bye.